Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, there are plenty of bad examples of dads on television, right? But can you think of a good TV dad who isn't Bill Cosby or isn't from a black and white 50 sitcom? Well, we're talking about dads right after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. London is celebrating. The Duchess of Cambridge gave birth to a healthy baby boy today. The newborn prince is automatically third in line for the British throne, and both he and his mother are doing well. After over a month in a Moscow airport, NSA leaker Edward Snowden may finally be allowed to enter Russia officially this week, as a temporary asylum request is expected to be granted. Snowden is reportedly still trying to make his way to South America for more permanent shelter. The programs Snowden helped reveal to the public are used for far more than just tracking cell phone information, according to a Washington Post report. Cell phone data is also becoming invaluable for drone strike targeting. Detroit's filing for bankruptcy is headed to federal court with the first hearing set for later this week. The city's emergency manager, Kevin Orr, is hoping to get state lawsuits challenging the filing put on hold. A federal judge has temporarily blocked North Dakota's new abortion law, which bans abortions after the fetus has a detectable heartbeat, which can be as early as six weeks. The state's only abortion clinic says the law bans the procedure before many women even know they're pregnant. In world news, a magnitude 6.6 earthquake in China has left at least 54 people dead and injured hundreds more. According to emergency officials, at least eight towns in remote mountainous areas have sustained serious damage. Dubai has pardoned a Norwegian woman who was charged with premarital sex after reporting her rape to authorities. The woman brought her situation to the world stage last week to pressure Dubai to drop her sentence. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Have we got a good one for you today? And what better topic to discuss today than fatherhood because of Prince William and uh, Lady Kate? Is that Catherine? Having a cute little baby. The Duchess of Cambridge. The Duchess of Cambridge having a cute little Bambino, I think is the official term. And uh, we did see a picture of it. Um, a lot of people haven't been able to see a photo yet, but Rob was able to pull one up. It's from a website where somebody said you can choose which of the family members mouth, nose, eyes, and ears you want, and then it puts together this kind of And it was a beautiful baby. I, I want to know why you did not pick up Charles's ears. Like, those are like enormous. Given. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just found somebody that already combined it together. But he looks great. The baby definitely has Prince William's hairline. So yeah, that. In, in that image, in that picture. I don't know if everyone else seen it, so I don't know how BYU Radio got the scoop, but we've seen the picture. And he's darling. You know, how could a baby not be cute? Oh, I don't know. If you've seen one, a lot of them are pretty ugly. 
They kind of look like frightened old men. They do. Actually, a friend of mine yeah. had a baby over the weekend. They put pictures on Facebook, and I was like, you want to wait a few days on that? <laughs> Let his head get back keep to those, normal Keep those shape. brand newborn pictures yourself for now. Isn't wait. that true of TV shows, though, that any time they have a baby in a TV show, the baby's usually mm. about six weeks old? Right. Well, oh, I'll yeah. give birth to a healthy six-month-old. Yeah. Well, because everyone would be like, Or like Ugh. a robot, like a fake, like a <laughs> like prosthetic a fake. baby, yeah. <laughs> Which I think I, I like it more when they don't show the baby at all. It's just kind of like it's a, a bundle of yeah. blankets. We know it's just fake. We know. but We the, know you're not going to have a real baby because it's expensive. They are pricey. They are the most expensive actors that don't speak are the babies. For no lines. For always, no lines. I always love it when the USDA comes out with their estimate of what it costs to raise a child. It's like by the time they – we added it up and it's $2.3 million <laughs> per child. And I'm like, never. No. That's assuming that you feed them. And that's assuming that you give them new clothes. And that's a big assumption. Those are a lot of assumptions in there. Being a father is a hard thing. I wonder if Prince William's thought this through. I mean, do you think he's just going to have somebody it to took, help it took take care and, of the baby? It took him and Duchess Catherine like 10 years to get married. So yeah, he's I think probably, he must have thought this I think they thought it through. Plus, I bet he'll get a little help. Like the queen will come and babysit. Do you think? No. I doubt it. She's got to take care of those dogs. She has those <laughs> little dogs. Every time. Yeah, imagine those letters we're going to get from them. My mother-in-law always brings over five Yorkies every time or whatever her dog is. <laughs> every time she comes to babysit, what do I do if I don't want the dogs around the, my baby? Oh, well, you're royal. Deal with it. Get a royal dog sitter. Well, today's topic is going to be pretty fun, and it's going to be fun for Skyboy. Um. What's fun about Skyboy is he never knows what we're actually talking about until we come into the studio. We like to keep a secret from him. And today's topic is about superhero wannabes. Cool. Yeah. Actually not. It's, uh, we're talking about dads and fathers and the important role that the father plays in our lives. And, um, and the damage that can be done to your children if your father is not as aggressive when they put roadkill on someone's doorstep like your father did. That's what we're talking about today, Sky. My father wasn't aggressive. I know. He should have been. Look how it all turned out. I don't think he knew it happened, actually. So He didn't? Does he know now? I don't think so. He should have had some locks on your window. We know that much. (laughs) Skyboy put some roadkill um, on a friend's doorstep. I don't think it was on the doorstep. Because that's a that's a nice gentle prank. Yeah, I just dragged a 150 pound deer onto Dead your deer. door. There was no brutally deer. there were no deer elk. Sorry, <laughs> Dead <laughs> elk. I think the biggest thing we had was a raccoon. <laughs> Even better. Wait, I a think dead I, raccoon. Were there multiple carcasses? Yeah, Car- oh, guy. There, there was. There's probably like five. So your dad didn't know this happened. Were you I wearing don't think... like a hazmat suit when this went down? Did you wear gloves? <laughs> Yeah, we had gloves, shovels, um, what are they called, garbage bags? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get to the right region of the country, instead of dragging it on your neighbor's porch, you would have dragged it back to their barbecue. To the Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> so your dad didn't know about this? I don't think he's ever, I don't think I ever told him. Why? See, and if he did, but he would just shake his head, you know what he'd say? What would he say? Skyboy. I don't think he's ever called me Skyboy, actually. What does he call you? What does your father call you that we can put on the air? Skyler? <laughs> this is better than just boy. Really? Hey, boy! <laughs> really? Good dad. I know he's a good dad. He's really a good dad. But don't you feel bad that you tortured him and put him through this even though he didn't know he had been tortured and had a really deviant child? 
Don't yeah, you feel see, sad? I don't, I don't think it's affected his life at all. Well, he called me. I don't believe that. <laughs> he did. He called me and he's like, we need an intervention on Skyboy. Do you know his name? Jimmy. Mm. Jimmy that's, Crackcorn. It's wrong. Nope. Who is it? What's his name? I'm not going to tell you. Rude. So we're talking fathers today. And the sad thing about fathers is we just, there's not a good role model. What is your dad's name? Because maybe he's our role model. He turned out a great child here. You can call him Dr. Hansen. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Hansen. Uh, <laughs> no, his, his name's Marlon. Is it? Yeah. See, he's a good man. Like the fish, but it's A-N instead of I-N. Okay. Thank you. So your yeah, father's like a fish, up. and he's – but the deal is in television, in all the movies, we don't have incredibly wonderful role models of fathers. A lot of them just seem to be pretty stupid. Anymore. Anymore. We used to. Yeah, we used to. Now we did, like in the 50s, right? Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith. Which – Father knows best. I mean, Andy Griffith was such a good dad that his son could grow up to be a world-class director. Yeah. Uh, which right. was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and that and he grew up pretty. Yeah, he was normal because mm-hmm. he had Andy Griffith on the set, and um, the there's also some others like the world renowned best father of all time is who? Who would you say? Cliff Huxtable. Cliff Huxtable, Bill Cosby, but that's it. Give me another one. Better yet, one since him. Yeah, the dad from Family Matters. <laughs> the cartoon dad. Oh no, Family mm. Matters is the new one, huh? No, no, no. Family Matters is Urkel. Yeah, no. No. It yeah, is? what was the dad from? The, he was a cop, wasn't he? he? No, no, no. Oh, no, he was great, but he. But it was no, no, he was a cop Urkel. in the movie Die Hard. No, but he was also. I'm pretty but sure the dad's job in Family Matters. Someone looked this up on Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure his job was a cop. Really? Yeah, but see, Urkel's the one that made fame. Yeah, that's Urkel's like Skyboy, and well, Marlon, we hardly heard no, about. No, even that dad was kind of an idiot most of the time. Oh, what about father figures? Like okay. The uncle on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, he was the, very fatherly. Who was the judge. Uncle Phil? Uncle Phil. Yeah, but I mean, even him, he, I mean, he, he got he played. He loved to eat his mashed potatoes. But he got played. He but got beyond played that, by the Fresh Prince. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Actually, okay, okay, I think Rob's on to something. He was pretty good. He was, he had his requisite dumb moments, but everyone has those. Yeah. Every character needs those, but he was good. But like, where was he when like, when the Fresh Prince is out creating Havoc? The dad from Family Matters, by the way, worked for the Chicago Police Department. Ah, so he was a cop. And he was a cop in Die Hard as well. Which was uh, L.A.? New York. L.A. L.A. So maybe that's the deal, is maybe the dads aren't all stupid. A lot of them just are really busy with their jobs. One was yeah, a but, judge. One Maybe it's just because they're cops and but the judges. But the last 15 years, in terms of dads on TV, has been pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, Oh, there's Homer. Star, I mean, it really right. starts, yeah, Homer Simpson kind of probably is your starting point. He's a good dad. Again, that's, that's, not, not a real human. Yeah. Okay, we'll start Cartoon. with Homer Simpson, but then you go to um, Ray Romano and Everybody Loves Raymond, yeah. right? Totally Again, absentee, just kinda, dumb, yeah. doesn't care about anything but sports. Mm-hmm. Tim Allen is maybe the person I blame uh, most for uh, this, uh, although uh, to be fair, I blame a lot on Tim Allen. But <laughs> you in need Home to let Improvement, it go. yeah. <gasps> I mean, it was just that entire <laughs> attitude. Uh, men, men can't the talk. last like 20 years it's been pretty bad yeah so we need role models how are we just supposed to all of a sudden be great dads no we need a role model so that when we're watching tv and ignoring our family we know what we should be doing see it's perfect it's a flawless model okay. it's a flawless model we just don't have one we've got to fix this there's been a couple who 
I like the dad from Friday Night Lights, which none of you have seen. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Taylor. But he was like, I actually looked before the show on a lot of like best TV dads lists was he online. Good? Was he on the A list? lot of blogs and stuff. He was like consistently in the top three. There's a good one. Okay. And he, was, one. he was a football coach, but he also loved his family and always was working things out with his wife when he got in fights. So where'd that, where, where'd that show go? It, it was banished to direct TV oh. because no one watched it. I think it's because there was a good father. We got rid of it. Which, and that's boring, I guess? I don't know. It's, pro- it's probably easier to just satire the dad. Tim Allen tried to redeem himself uh, a couple years ago. He, they kind of rebooted Home Improvement with uh, Last Man Standing. Hmm. I think it was a show on ABC. But it was the other way around where the house was full of daughters and granddaughters and aunts and stuff. And so he was kind of the voice of reason of being kind of the dad who was the stability in this sea of emotions and that i thought actually worked really well and was a neat counterbalance to home improvement but the show gone it only survived two seasons how's prince william going to learn to be a father if he doesn't have better tv role models there's the doubt and dad in downton abbey now i haven't seen downton abbey is that a good father uh yeah i think so (laughs) i mean he's rich there so was, he provides for his family. Kiefer, he got that down. Kiefer Sutherland in 24. He was a dad. He was he was the worst dad there's, ever. There's been there's been <laughs> I know, that's the point. There's no good dad. There's like two versions of TV dad now. There's the Ray Romano, Tim Allen. Yeah. Kind of comedy. Like dad. that yeah. that kind of like right. we like power that tools. That sounded like Scooby Doo. Yeah, we like power tools in yeah. sports and don't care about our family. And then there's type two, which is the like anti hero from all the really highbrow TV shows the last fifteen okay. years. Like uh Brian Cranston's character in Breaking Bad or Don Draper, these characters in these TV shows who are very like they kind of go bad. Yeah. And so they really don't care about their family. They're really bad dads. Right. Because they're kind of bad people all yeah. around. Those are your two types of dads. You don't see the Cliff Huxtables <sighs> anymore teaching their kids like it's values. Right. And wearing sweaters. Where have the sweaters gone? Those sweaters. Sweaters, I think, were part of it. Because in like my three sons, they wore sweaters. Mr. Rogers raised yeah, with, me. Without, he was my dad. Without model. Mr. Rogers or Bill Cosby on, really on TV anymore, sweater sales have been way down. <laughs> It's just – it's an interesting dilemma because we're not – and then we all complain that there's not – that dads aren't stepping up, but then we just make fun of them. But it's not just dads too. Like in the, all those Disney Channel original shows, the – It's the parents It's the dumb. parents are just – yeah, it used to be that the kids would – like for example, one of my favorite TV shows growing up, Boy Meets World. Yes. Right? Corey and his friends would always get into some kind of mischief. Yeah. They would blow up a mailbox. Yeah. What they kids? Would, kids will be kids. Right. They would do something. They would ditch school to read X-Men comics, whatever. And then they would always get their comeuppance at the end, and they would learn a valuable lesson, and Mr. Feeny or the dad would, yeah. would tell them. And, now, and there was even a period where one of the other – one of the – his dad, one of the characters, his dad wasn't around, but he was living with a teacher. So, like, right, yeah, yeah. So there were multiple adult. Good you're thinking of you're thinking of figures. Mr. Turner, yeah, yeah, yeah um, Mr. Turner. Yeah. Holy cow! Um, look, I've seen every episode of the show like ten times. Uh, you but need then a book. In, in the like Disney Channel, those kind of shows. Now it's oh, the, it's been a complete role reversal. Yeah, they're just idiots. Where the parents are really dumb. Yeah, they're completely oblivious to what their kids are doing, and the kids consistently are always getting one-upped on the parent. They're always one-upping the parents. They're always getting the upper hand against them. And it's sort of imparting this message that, kids, your parents are dumb. You're smarter than them. Yeah, you yeah. You sit down with your kid or grandkid and watch Phineas and Ferb. They have the stepdad there. 
and the kids are setting off explosions in the backyard and building 200-foot-tall towers, and he goes, keep it down out there, boys. <laughs> he just sits there and reads his little book. Yeah, and what about, like, Modern Family? The dad oh, in Modern goodness. Family is so dumb. I, yeah. He's funny. Yeah. Granted, give it, I mean, give What's him. What's his name? Uh, the He's the. Phil Dunphy? Phil is the character, Ty, Ty Burrell, is yes. that his name? Yeah, Phil Dunphy. And uh, I think the actor's name is Ty Burrell, right? He, he's just, I mean, he's, like, yeah. challenged. He's so dumb, <laughs> totally. you know? And that's, it's funny, that's but... A, it, that's what they're going for is a laugh. They're probably not trying but, to be a role model. Yeah, but the kids are definitely smarter than the parents. Well, everywhere. Show. See, we as parents, I think we need to take it back. We need to take back the airwaves and start showing who's in charge. Wasn't there... Oh, sorry. I was no. thinking of the show, Who's the Boss? I was like, who's yeah. the... Yeah. You want to show him who's the boss? We want to show him. Like, that show is terrible. The boss. <laughs> We want to. I think we need to take it back. That's why we're doing the show. We're going to take it back because we're not going to have our kids out there getting dead carci carcasses off the off the road and bringing in a dead raccoon and putting it on some kid's lawn. We're not going to allow that, Sky Boy. We're going to pull you out of this spiral you're in. <laughs> this violent, not violent, this unhealthy, bacterial infested, hazardous, hazardous. Maggot infested. Ugh. Sorry, I'm shooting straight. We're not going to let you keep doing this, Sky Boy. It's over. All right. I'm going to step in for your dad because he's a good man and he doesn't deserve a son that's got meningitis or whatever you get from playing with roadkill. Boom. Right. Rabies. A great time. Rabies. <laughs> Sky Boy. <laughs> it was a fun night. It was a fun night, yeah. but look. It's time. Just next it. time you think about doing something bad, just imagine Mr. Rogers is watching you. Because okay. he is. Kind of freaky. He totally yeah. is. <laughs> As Ben just pointed skyward. Yep. May he rest in peace. I loved him. He was a great role model. We need more male role models. We're, let's save Skyboy. You should start your own show, Matt. You should write a pilot. I've got a show. This is the show. I'm doing like the a, show. Like a TV show with a good role model dad. That's a great Gordon idea. from yeah. Sesame Street. Gordon he, from he, Sesame he's, Street. He's still on TV and he's a good. Did he have kids? Oh, that's a good point. About my mom. Or was he just the guy hanging around Reading on Rainbow. Sesame Street? That's a good oh, point. Yeah. I can't remember yet. Lavar Burton. Oh, Lavar. Yeah. Lavar Burton. Reading Lavar, Rainbow. The Reading Rainbow. The Reading Rainbow. Yeah. See, but again, these and weren't. Star Trek, but they the weren't next called generation. dads. They weren't the dads. <laughs> they were just. They were just. You know. They were just people. We need good fathers. So today's the day. We're taking it back, dads. We're going to give you some tools, some ideas. We're bringing on the founder of the Great Dads Project, and he's going to teach us. He is going to show us how to do it. Keith Zaffron will be joining us after the break. But uh, when we come back, we're going to get into Bryce Tobin. Bryce is going to give us his own view of the power of fathers, I guess, and the paradox, maybe, of fathers. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A silicon chip that outshines most solar panels shows the power of solar electricity magnified 900 times. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. NASA's Glenn Research Center tests and develops space systems that can work for us on Earth. Case in point, an unusual configuration of all-in-one solar energy collector is installed on Glenn's campus, designed by a retired NASA Glenn engineer. His design, called the Star Gen Concentrator, was built by Greenfield Solar Incorporated. 
It looks like an art sculpture or a high-tech flower with bands of curved mirror strips set in a frame that tracks the sun daily. The strategy behind the star gin is that instead of spreading a lot of silicon wafers across a wide area to collect electricity, use a small solar cell, but concentrate the sunlight on it like a magnifying glass. The star gin gains great efficiency, multiplying the power of the sun by 900 times. Focusing that much energy into a smaller cell generates high voltage electricity as well as extra heat. This heat can then be piped into a hot water system or a home heating system. Glenn Research Center tested the cell in development, blasting it with up to 2,500 times the power of our sun, and the solar gin holds up. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Doddle is a professional artist who travels the world painting pictures. It is a place I enjoyed, and I've been there several times and love it. Then he comes back and shares travel tips, trivia, and history about the places he's visited. You mentioned the base seasoning. They've, that is a big deal. That's the only place you can get it, and they put it on everything. Tune in to BYU Radio on weeknights at 9 Eastern for Traveling with Eric Dowdle. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about fathers and the important role that dads play. We're going to give you some tools, dads, on how to uh, be a better father. We're also starting a movement to begin to create better television shows with fathers that uh, that are just better role models. For Sky, again, Sky, we're doing this for you. Not because your dad wasn't there, because apparently he was. It's just because you never paid attention to him. So we're trying to get you to straighten up for your dad's sake. I appreciate that. Is it helping? Yeah. So far, it's helping a lot. Okay. I'm changing my ways. Are you? Because when I came in today, you were sleeping with your head down on the, the board here. <laughs> I had to do the morning show this morning. So I was here really Oh, that's early, right. And I've been okay. here all day. Okay. Well, remember, it, you can't drool on those keys. Or okay. It breaks them. It'll shock you. <laughs> it's a bad thing. Okay. Bryce. You've put together a little package here for you us know, about I, fathers. I think, I think I have a better way of being a parent. I think I figured it out. Did you? I mean, I'm in college, so that means I'm smarter than most people. Right. You don't have children yet. I don't. But so, you have great theory. Wonderful theories. So this is your theory on how to create ideal parenting. Oh, most definitely. Let's hear the theory. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. I think we're doing the whole dad thing wrong. Now, while I don't have kids of my own, I do have time to plan in case kids show up in my future. And I call my plan the Darwinist dad. Now, we all know that my generation is plagued with feelings of entitlement, laziness, and we've been trained to have impractical and useless skill sets. We're obviously worthless. And I think that's because we were coddled and given things like support and unconditional love by our parents. But that's all going to change with me. Remember in the late 19th century when Darwinism pervaded economics and we ended up with the robber barons? People who became so rich so fast that people accused them of thievery just because they couldn't conceive of a legitimate way in which these people could have gotten that much cash? The survival of the fittest approach to economics created financial juggernauts. So I thought to myself, if it works financially, why wouldn't it work parentally or in the very least socially? And so that is the genesis of the Darwinist dad plan. 
The first part of the plan, make sure to have a bunch of kids, because except for solitaire, most games are boring to play alone, and two people can only make a rivalry, which gets old quick. So make sure to have enough people in order to diversify the competition. But as the parent, make sure to know your limits. There's a website called How Many Five Year Olds Could You Take in a Fight.com. Use this as a guide. My results say I could fight 25 five-year-olds, so as long as I stay under that number, I won't be overrun. Now, what are some things that parents these days just give away? How about dinner? In my future family, I go to work. I make the money. I buy the food. It's my food. If the kids want it, they're going to have to take it from me, and I won't give it up easy. They could go out and get their own food. Just imagine all the lessons they'll learn. If they want my food, they'll have to learn how to be stealthy. They'll have to learn the art of misdirection, maybe even some climbing, teamwork, organizational skills. If they go out to get their own food, they'll learn how to forage, hunt, clean, and prepare their own food. Or they can go the hardworking route and get a job of some kind and buy their own food. This will get them a work ethic, something my generation severely lacks. But keep in mind, their food is only as safe as they make it. These kids may need to learn how to negotiate, how to be diplomatic, and definitely how to operate in the capitalist market. Another thing parents just give away, their love. This one is certainly the most interesting, because if there's too much cooperation going on, this is the best way to get the kids to turn on each other. The setup is simple. All I say is something like, first person to dust the tops of all the fan blades gets to be daddy's favorite this week. And for this week, they get to live the privileged lifestyle. They get things like hot water for their showers. And they get to be envied by the other kids. But next week, I knock them back down with the rest and the competition begins anew. This way, among any other practical skills, they'll learn to appreciate love and how much better their life can be with it. They'll value their relationships and be willing to work hard to maintain them. Maybe it'll mess them up, but keep in mind, my generation is messed up and we're bad at things. In the very least, my kids would be good at things. Okay, in all seriousness, do you see the picture I'm trying to paint? The Darwinist dad may look alright on paper, but to really implement it would be problematic and also probably against the law. Then again, I think the thing to remember is that parents are human. They're no more defective than the rest of humanity, but they do a lot for us kids. And frankly, it's a lot more than they have to do. So to those parents that have, do, and will do it well, here's a high five to you. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Well done. And a celebration of your father in a way. Are you sure about that? Was he a Darwinist father? (laughs) No. Good. Not at all. No wonder you turned out okay. Well, we'll see. Because that was kind of going down the wrong path for quite a while of your bit. Yeah, that got kind of dark. Yeah. Let me just say I went through a few edits on that. I was like, that's a little... Yeah, that sounds dark. That's a little too close to child abuse. I, by the way, have tried all of those techniques. So I I was going for Darwin, Dad. And then I pulled out and just said no. You you strayed away from... I was actually too tired. (laughs) Because... Being father's heart. So when we found out if it was survival of the fittest, you yeah, were not. I totally fit lost. Enough. Is there really a website about how many five year olds? <laughs> it's real. You could... It asks you questions. How uh, many five year olds you can take? Twenty five. Jeez. Is that is that is it's like the the question right about fighting a horse sized duck or a bunch of duck sized horses or whatever? No, it's uh, no? that's all. It's just how many five year olds could you fight? And you you ended up being able to f- fight. 25. So, so based on the statistics is from this Is this all website, at once or is yes. this like over the day? This is all at once. Like, Are they ninja five-year-olds? Are they just regular five-year-olds? Regular five-year-olds. Are they packing heat? <laughs> no. They're assuming everyone is unarmed. Hmm. Have they been fed? Yeah. 
Maybe. Uh, yeah, let's assume. They're... Are you trained in any kind of martial arts? That's actually one of the questions. I find that funny that you ask that. So I had to answer none. <laughs> I might. I mean, the mere I, the mere fact that there is a website well, to have played Street Fighter help you figure out how many five year olds you could take. That's just. Crazy. But twenty six, I'm done for. Oh yeah, twenty six was your tipping point. I was. I, I'm going to go fill that out. You should. Because I wonder if it matters if you've had a five-year-old. Because as a, as a father, you learn little tricks to the five-year-old psyche that you can bring him down. You Bryce wouldn't him. even have to fight him. He would just verbally say mean things to them, <laughs> yeah. break their spirits. See, but that's a, see, but a lot of kids don't just fall with verbal. You have to use more psychological warfare. Like you have to say, hey, you guys want to go to Disneyland? And you get their <laughs> hopes up, and then you use that. See, that starts to get them. No, we're not going now. Boom. When it was, it was an option that was never on the table, okay. but you brought it up, yeah. and then you created the need for yeah. it and the want for it, and then you took it away from them. Now, isn't it funny that we're really good at bad parenting? <laughs> That's not because so hard. I got a thousand great ideas. Is that, for that. funny? It's not. It's just <laughs> ironic and sad. And then I look across at Skyboy, and then you see the real consequences in a good way. Shout out to Doctor Hansen. Doctor Hansen, <laughs> Marlon Hansen, great job. <laughs> This guy's really an amazing guy. And I wonder how many Sky Boys you could take. Uh, well, we'll have to compile that. I'll need, I'll need to fight him. I'm going to gonna go uh, with get... Someone register that domain, how many Sky Boys can you fight.com. <laughs> Crazy. Well, we're going to get into it. We are going to now get in and give you some really powerful tools, real rules, ideas, skills for what it takes to be a good dad. Three core skills for being a great dad. We're going to talk about how moms and the women in our life can also empower the dad to be even better. We're going to take a break. Back with Keith Zaffron after this. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Did you leave BYU without a degree? I'm thankful for the Bachelor of General Studies program because as I chose the life that I wanted to live, being a full-time mom, staying at home, and raising my children, it just gave me hope that I could still finish my goal, but at the same time I could still be fulfilling my responsibilities as a wife and a mother while still being able to take university courses. Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge, gave birth to a healthy baby boy this afternoon. The child is now automatically third in line for the British throne. Royal officials say they will reveal the boy's name in due time. NSA leaker Edward Snowden is expected to be granted temporary asylum in Russia later this week, meaning he can finally leave the Moscow airport he's been staying in for over a month. He is still supposedly working towards a more permanent shelter in South America. The programs Snowden helped reveal to the public are used for far more than just tracking cell phone information. According to a Washington Post report, cell phone data is also becoming invaluable for drone strike targeting. Detroit's bankruptcy case is headed to federal court with the first hearing set for later this week. The city's emergency manager, Kevin Orr, is hoping to get state lawsuits challenging the filing put on hold after a state court ordered the bankruptcy withdrawn last week.
A federal judge has temporarily blocked North Dakota's new abortion law, which bans abortions after the fetus has a detectable heartbeat, which can be as early as just six weeks. The state's only abortion clinic says the law bans the procedure before many women even know they're pregnant. In world news, a magnitude 6.6 earthquake in China has left at least 54 people dead and injured hundreds more. According to emergency officials, at least eight towns in remote mountainous areas have sustained serious damage. A Norwegian woman who was raped in Dubai and then convicted of extramarital sex has been pardoned. International pressure to drop her sentence mounted after she took her story public last week. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about dads with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, Prince William and Catherine, having a baby today. We're talking dads. We're trying to give Prince William a leg up, trying to give him some tools, some ideas, the key to being a wonderful father, an empowering father. You know, we got to do it. We got I hear he's an avid listener of your show. Have you heard that? Yeah. Sources. I thought so, because we did get a picture of the baby today. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the baby. Or if it was, it, that baby's in a lot of trouble. It's an ugly baby. Because the baby <laughs> just had all the bad features of all of his family members. Their bad faces, their bad eyes, their bad lips, their bad nose, their bad ears. So uh, we're going to instead get into the real tools to becoming a better dad. And who better to do it than the founder of the Great Dads Project. Keith Zaffron is joining us. He is a fathering expert and a coach. He's um, an engaging speaker and author. For 30 years, Keith has inspired people from all walks of life to reach their highest potential. His work has been featured on the NBC Nightly News, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post. He's also been the fatherhood trainer for Defy Ventures, a New York City-based nonprofit group that creates life-transforming opportunities for men with criminal histories and um, in prison. So Keith has learned how to, uh, the importance of being a dad, and we asked him to be here with us to give us the real tools for how to do this. So Keith, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. I'm glad to be back. It's so good to have you back. We uh, we enjoyed you so much last time. We're like, okay, we got to get Keith back on because now you heard the <laughs> prince had his great son, right? So we've we've got I a did. future king. <laughs> Uh-huh. And uh, we we thought it would be important, Keith, that you give some good advice for how uh, we should how the prince should be preparing for this. Well, sources tell me he's got uh, that poor baby's got all the wrong features. I know so it totally. You, if you ever get a chance, just go look up the cute little picture of the baby. Now, Keith, fill me in. You learned. I mean, you're a dad yourself, so you know what that's yeah. all about. But you you really it seems like came to really understand the power of a dad working with prisoners in prison. I did. I had an opportunity for six years to work with incarcerated dads who had been separated from their kids, and many, in fact, most of whom had very difficult and often painful relationships with their own dads, which, you know, in many ways set them up for the life choices they made. And I I got to work with about 600 guys over those six years, help them heal that father wound, and then reconnect with their kids uh, and become great dads, even while still in prison. It was amazing. 
And just, I mean, what greater thing can we be if, if we're a dad and we're, we're missing that and we never had that? I mean, what a great gift to give a dad the, the chance to get another chance to be a dad. Absolutely. It, and it inspired me so much. It, it helped me in my own fathering journey, you know, healing myself. I had a very difficult relationship with my dad, and I have three sons. Mm. And it just, you know, seeing some of the consequences of not healing that father wound and then not being the kind of engaged or present father that these guys were not able to be inspired me and motivated me and then eventually gave me the vision for doing what I'm doing now, working with guys everywhere, trying to teach them these core principles that we're going to talk about and trying to help them heal that father wound. So what do, when you think about it, what what is the real... uh, result of of having a dad that's close to us what do dads really do for us great question it having a dad who is present engaged and affectionate a dad who praises or affirms his children really sets kids up for life he builds in them a positive view of themselves sometimes we call it self-esteem he gives them that sense of belonging Hmm. He builds their character so that they don't have to go find belonging somewhere else because they're living with a deficit of that. Right. And he teaches them that they are loved and lovable. I mean, that's it, right? I mean, and without a dad or, I mean, and I guess, I guess any man could probably, you know, help with that. But, yes. but there is a huge dearth. There's a problem where a lot of dads are dropping out. They're just giving up. They're not as involved as they need to be. In our country, 24 million children will go to bed tonight in a house where there's no father. Mm. Um, two-thirds of those are in the African-American community. It's so sad, really. I mean, especially as you sit there and talk about self-esteem, self-worth, this sense of belonging, this this feeling of having character and growing to not have that opportunity is it's it's dangerous it's hard. Well it is and that's why the statistics show that 71% of teen pregnancies are related to young ladies who have no father. Uh, why 80% of teen suicides are related to a fatherless child. Oh my god. It goes on 85% of youth sitting in prison today have no father involved in their lives. Yeah, there's got to be a correlation, doesn't there? Yeah, it sure sounds like it. I mean, and and it's not even – there's grandpas, there's neighbors. Yeah. I mean, I see that you can play a big role just in the your children's friends whose yeah. parents aren't I'm, as involved. I'm so grateful for the, for the men who stepped in into that vacuum in my own life. But, you know, it, it's the hard reality is that nobody can replace a father. Thankfully, there are big brothers or uncles or grandparents, um, literally brothers or the big brothers, big sisters of America, mentors, uh, church folks. I mean, there are wonderful people who step in and play a role, but the very hard reality is that the power of a father is immense, and it lasts a lifetime. Mm. And it's why those of us, you know, any of your listeners, any of us dads, we need to reckon with that. We need to realize that we are forever affecting our children, positively or not, 
And we can make a choice about how positive that's going to be. And their children, and their children, and our grandchildren, uh-huh. our great, I mean, it's generational, right? So we then, well, if, if we don't hand down the skills, or if we're not handed down these parenting skills, these fathering skills, then our kids may not get them. And, and so what are the core skills? What are, if, so if I'm a dad out there and I'm like, okay, it's hard. I don't feel like I quite get it. In fact, many times I just see that I'm doing it wrong and my wife always tells me I'm not getting it right. Let's say I'm with my kids. What, what are the skills? Well, we'll talk about the wife telling me uh, I'm doing it wrong a little bit later. Okay. Right now, let's focus on those, those, those fathering skills that I try to teach men everywhere. Over time, I've learned to boil these down to three really simple, easy, memorable things that all of us can do with our kids. I call them affirmation, acceptance, and affection. Cool. Affirmation, acceptance, and affection. You want to take affirmation? Let's hit it. I try to teach guys verbal and written affirmation skills. Affirmation simply being praising our children, hopefully more for their character than their performance or achievement or appearance because those things, are, those things can change so easily. And if we just praise, if we only praise our children's performance or their right. achievements or their appearance, then they think they have to perform or look good in order to gain our approval or our love, and we don't want to communicate that. It's That's okay so important. Those. Yeah. It's okay to praise those things, but there needs to be a balance, and the balance really should weigh toward character. When I find I catch my sons being responsible for telling the truth, for being kind or generous toward one of their brothers or one of their friends, man, I jump all over that and praise them for it. I tell them how, how wonderful it is to see them being kind toward each other, being generous toward somebody else. I tell them that that's a character quality that will last all their lives. Mm-hmm. I praise them, I affirm them, and it feels so good. We all know how great it feels to be affirmed, right? Well, and, and to be affirmed for something that's, that uh, I mean, your character can go with you forever. Your honesty, yeah. your hard work, your being loving, your service, that can go with you. I mean, if I praise you for your receiving abilities as a, as a receiver in football, I might yeah. lose that skill when I break my arm. Or yeah. I might be so you're actually just saying praise them on something that's more lasting than their looks, than even just their grades. I mean, find the real character that drove the grades. Yes, that's it's powerful. Lasting, and it, you know, maybe it's arguable, but I would say not only is it lasting, but it matters more. Yeah, no, I agree. It's what's going to affect all their life. You know, if I'm praising my son for being a great receiver, what happens in the championship game when he drops a pass in the end zone? Yeah, right. Dad's not going to be liking me. Yeah, well, he may be afraid of that. Yeah. Yeah. But but he'll have character and his ability to take it. I mean, so it also is interesting because if we're praising their character, they're always going to have something to show. In every situation, character can rise to the occasion. Exactly. Well, and it's what we, ultimately, I think all parents, it's what we want to see in our children. Absolutely. And because our children are sort of hardwired to please us, Mm -hmm. they're they're going to try to multiply whatever it is that we identify and praise. So one of the most beautiful ways of building character into our children is just seek it out, and any hint of it we can find, praise it. Yeah. And you're not going to be surprised when they start trying to be more loving 
or more kind or more truthful, whatever it is that you're pointing out, because they see this is what brings them that attention that they crave from mom or dad. Yeah, that's huge. Well, I'm going to go do more of that. Right. Please do. <laughs> like, go <laughs> yeah, for it. Exactly. <laughs> Any day you want. So that's the affirmation, well, right? Well, tell me about the acceptance. Yeah. How do you How do you show acceptance? I mean, sometimes your kids do something you don't accept, you don't approve of. Yeah, exactly. And those two words that you just mentioned, Matt, are key. And it's the distinction I try to help dads make. Because we're very good at figuring out what we do and don't approve of. Right. What we're not so good at, I think, is making the distinction between acceptance and approval. Yeah. Because when we disapprove of something without realizing it, we may communicate rejection to our children. And we've got to make a point. That that distinction is pretty abstract, and most kids don't get it. Right. So we've got to make it very concrete. We've got to be able to actually say to our kids, for instance, with one of my boys, uh, really have some trouble with telling the truth. And so I've said to my son on numerous occasions, hey, when you lie to me, it makes it difficult for me to trust you. And I don't want you to grow up to be a man who doesn't tell the truth. Lying is not okay, son, but you are. Oh, that's cool. And I love you no matter what. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's a difference. Uh, so you're just basically saying, I-, I can accept. So you actually just delineate, this is what isn't tolerable and why. And yet, I, I love you. I, you're great. Yeah. You're still my son. I still love you. And whether you lie or tell me the truth, it's not going to change how much I love you. In other words, i.e., without saying it, you belong here. You'll always have a place with me in my heart, in my home. But lying is not okay. I'm going to use this with Skyboy. So so (laughs) what I would say is Skyboy taking dead animals that have been hit as roadkill. It's dangerous. It's sick. It's potentially unhealthy. And you're still a great guy that... And you still love me. No, I wouldn't say that. Oh, I think um, you're missing the point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did I miss the point? And you know, you've always got a place on this show if you wash your hands. There you go. It's it's a, it, but it, I, I what I love about it, Keith, is to to make your kid feel like no matter what, you're you're theirs, you're here, we love you, and we don't approve of that. That's just not right. And there's consequences. Yeah, but what you're not approving of is now suddenly kind of outside of that. Yeah, it's the act. It's not them. Exactly. Huge. And that's the distinction. Because it's abstract, you know, many kids, particularly younger than teenagers, they can't make that distinction. They don't get that. Right. So you may say to them, lying is not okay. And what they hear is, I don't love you. Yeah, you're not okay. You you intentionally want to make sure they know that you love them unconditionally, regardless of the act. Yeah, that, that, that act didn't change a thing in terms of your love or their belonging but the act is not okay, and we need to change it. It's huge. Tell us about the affection, the third skill. we got about 30 seconds. What's the key to, to showing proper affection for our kids? It's spoken and physical, especially from Dad. A hug is not just a hug when it comes from Dad, because it communicates so much about the lovability yeah. of, the, of the child, and it helps that child, as they grow, believe for themselves 
that they are worthy of good, healthy, loving relationships in the future. How many times have I heard a client say, I've never even heard my father say he loves me? Oh, I know. And so, no. but a hug and a spoken, hey, bud, I love you, and a, and a touch, yeah. it's pretty powerful. And a note, a text, an email, just, you know, the ongoing. I'll say to my kids, I will be driving, and I'll just say, hey, you know what? And they'll say, yeah, you love us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll, I'll say, wait, how did you know that? How did you know I was going to say that? And they say, well, God, you've told us about a gazillion times. <laughs> God, and, I, uh, and I think to myself, oh, perfect. Like, that's exactly what, that's exactly what I want, that somehow over all of this time I've implanted that belief in their psyche. That's great. Powerful. That dad loves them. We're talking with Keith Zafran, founder of The Great Dads Project. you got to check out that website, thegreatdadsproject.org. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into you, moms. Moms, what are the things you should be doing that might help kind of coach or empower your men to be better dads. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. There's no telling where NASA technology will turn up. How about in your health drink? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Mike Johnson is a former NASA scientist who worked on water recycling designs for long-term spaceflight. He had no idea that the bacterial research he was doing would eventually lead him to bottling around 5 million bottles a year of his own health drink. Johnson's original research involved creating a bioreactor, a device for growing controlled batches of biological substances like bacteria or yeast. But in Mike's next career as a healthcare practitioner, he found a market for a soft drink that was a healthy alternative to soda. So he cooked one up using a bioreactor and a culture of probiotics to brew a tea called kumbacha. Mike's early efforts were made using 55-gallon oak barrels and hand-bottling the product in old beer bottles. But patients and friends who tried the tea loved the taste and enjoyed healthier digestive systems and reduced joint pain. The product got so popular, Johnson is now making it in huge bioreactors for the Whole Foods grocery chain. Next time you try a bottle of unpeeled brand kumbacha tea, you're also drinking a little NASA know-how. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. BYU alumni and business partners, Danny Ashworth and Matt Heaton. My first computer science class at BYU was CS142. One of my classmates' names caught my attention during roll. It was the same name as one of my childhood friends. After class, I approached him and said, I used to know a Matt Heaton from Las Vegas. And Matt said, I am Matt Heaton from Las Vegas. Matt was selling floppy disks and computer hardware out of his apartment at the time. He offered to pay me 50% of the profit on anything I helped him sell. Things really started going well, and we decided to start our business, Computer Warehouse. Later, we also co-founded ZeroCatch.com and Bluehost.com in Provo, Utah. That computer science class at BYU changed the course of my whole life. Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu slash update. Remember when. Remember why. BYU alumni. Connected for good. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about 
great dads and how to be a better father. All of us out there in listener land, we could all step up a bit, including you moms. Moms, did you know that you have a lot of power in, in influencing the fathers of your children um, to be better dads? And so today we're talking with Keith Zafran, who's the founder of The Great Dads Project. You can find the project on his website, thegreatdadsproject.org. But Keith has pretty much been everywhere. He's been on NBC Nightly News, Wall Street Journal, New York Times. He is a trainer and a speaker. He's a fathering expert and a coach. He's a father of his own three sons as well. And uh, he also has done extensive training with a lot of um, men behind bars and found out that uh, a lot of you know what leads him behind bars and maybe even keeps him there is some fathering, some absentee fathering as well. So we appreciate, Keith, you being back with us. I'm sure glad to be here. Thanks, Matt. We love having you on the show. And um, it's a big deal because dads, we, you know, the average dad, we just want to be better. A lot of times we don't have a clue what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't seem no, we to always, no we don't seem to be able to do it. I mean, it seems like, I don't know, sometimes our wives do it so easily, easily effortlessly. And then we, yeah. we just feel like we're not cutting it. Yeah, it's, that is so true. You know, a lot of our, our wives, a lot of the women in our lives had a lot more training than we did. You know, they took care of younger siblings. They were babysitters. They, there's something naturally hardwired into them. I never, I never, I don't think I ever held a baby <laughs> until yeah. I was a father. And, you know, I had no idea what to do. Yeah, you know, they hold this thing under my arm like a football. Yeah. I mean, it's not so silly, but it's just one simple illustration of the, the reality. Yeah, and then they send you home from the hospital with a baby. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you guys have no idea. I can change a tire, but I can't change this baby. So what should moms be doing? What are our mothers even? I mean, mothers, you can be out there coaching your sons on how to be a better father as well. Wives, you can coach us. Girlfriends, coach us. How should we do this? What What are some of your ideas for that, Keith? You know, I teach women five, five ways or five skills to empower their men to become the great dads that they really wish they'd be. And in fact, that most dads really long to be but we don't know how. You know, someone once wrote that behind every great man stands a surprised woman. <laughs> that's a great quote. Like, no I hope way. that's not entirely true. Right. But, uh, you know, I certainly understand the humor that, you know, that points to. But, of course, that little quip is, you know, taken from the well-known phrase that behind every great man stands a great woman. Yeah. And the reality is that women have so much power to influence us men you know, by their love, their presence, their belief, their encouragement in us. And so what I try to do when I do teach women is to get something in their minds that they may not understand about us men, and then to inspire them, the mm. women, to empower their men with that key. And the key is that most of us men, we don't say this out loud, but I'm just going to admit it for all of us. Are you giving the secret away, Keith? Well, I, I, You're about I, uh, to do it, I can tell. You're going to give away our <laughs> secret, and then now they're going to know. Okay, go most, ahead. Most of us men are starved for affirmation. Mm. Most of us did not get enough from our dads growing up. We longed to hear our dads say they approved of us, they were proud of us, and many of us men are still living our lives 
consciously or subconsciously in pursuit of dad's approval. Mm, so true. We want to know, so, right? We want to hear that we're cutting it, that we're good enough, that it's and, and it's it, that you may think we get it at work, you may think we get it out in the world, but we we're starved still. We're starved because it's as we said earlier, the power of dad lasts a lifetime. And no matter how much affirmation or praise I get at work or on in sports or any other arena of my life, no matter how much money I make, what kind of car I drive, where my office is, it never makes up for Dad not saying, son, I'm so proud of you. Right. That's powerful. You know, if I didn't didn't get that from Dad, I'm out searching for it. And if women know that, they can actually use that wound in us to inspire and empower us. And here are five ways that I teach women how to do that. Cool. You want to hear them? Yeah, for sure. First one is trust him with your children. Yeah, that's a hard one because you're going to yeah. break them. And you always toss them. You always want to throw we those might. kids up in the air and, you know. Well, well, and like you said at the very beginning, I know how to change a tire, but I don't know how to change this baby. Right. You know, so what? Really? Does it matter? You know, but, it's, but if I'm in there changing, now think about this. If I am an affirmation-starved man, and I'm in there fumbling around trying to change the baby, and my wife or my girlfriend comes in and says, "No, no, 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 not like that." Yeah. God, let me let me do it. You don't do it that way. Do I ever want to change that baby again? Well, no. And in a weird way, it actually seems like a great out. Oh, okay, you do it. I'll yeah, just go watch my, TV. But my need for affirmation just got slammed. Mm-hmm. This wasn't about changing a baby. This was about me trying to do something that I don't feel adequate to do. And what I needed was a little bit of praise to make me want to do it again and to feel like this is something I want to engage in. Yeah, that's powerful. Of course, the woman in that scenario isn't thinking that and didn't mean that, didn't intend all that. She just wanted to get the baby changed properly. Right. But if we can lift this awareness and say to to your women listeners, hey, if you can trust him with your children, it's going to mean something to him. And he's going to end up bonding with those children in a deeper way than he never would have because he's going to get time alone. In other words, mom, go out. Yeah. Leave, Leave him with the baby or with the child. You know, he may not get done right. He may That child may not get fed properly, changed properly, put to bed on time. But you know what? Something much bigger is happening and something more important. Your man is becoming a father. Well, and that is, it's interesting, because every time I see a wife who complains that the husband doesn't help, I always see a wife who does everything. And yeah, so if all of a sudden I, I get a sense from my wife that she'll turn it over and trust me to do it, and even trust me to do it my way, yeah, uh-huh. honey, you don't change the baby standing up. Don't have the baby stand <laughs> up. Just lay the baby down. But honestly, I'll figure it out. Eventually, yeah. you know, I'll, we're not dumb. We'll watch you do it, and we just may do it differently. And if, we, if we're allowed to do it differently, um, that is saying something, that you trust me to do it. It is. And in those moments where we have to care for our children, something rises up in us, something yeah. that I think is very um, latent in many of us men, but that nurturing instinct, which never has to engage. If, if our 
if the mother is always hovering or always taking over, I never have to nurture my children. Right. But but if she's out, she's gone, uh, she leaves for the weekend, oh my goodness. Here we go. Here we <laughs> something go. Comes, something yeah. comes out of me that's really good. It's powerful. And it's a way that a, a woman can empower her man. Yeah. Let, let's do this, though. To, Keith, let me take a break, and we'll come back. I, I want to get to... When we come back, we'll have a lot of time to get through all of them, uh, but I want to make sure we, we save you some time to do that. So we're going to take a break. We're talking with Keith Zafrin, the founder of The Great Dads Project. You can find that at thegreatdadsproject.org. And when we come back, we're going to go through the rest of his uh, tools for women to empower their men to be better dads. We're also going to get into how you can appreciate your own dad and, uh, and show some love that way as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. Music is as plentiful as the air we breathe, and we hardly give any thought to its origin, where it comes from, and how it got to the place where we hear it. Thinking Aloud on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Are there any shows you missed, want to listen to again, or share with a friend? Then check out our BYU Radio YouTube channel for episodes of all your favorite shows. And don't forget to subscribe. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge, gave birth to a healthy baby boy this afternoon. The child is now automatically third in line for the British throne. Royal officials say they will reveal the boy's name in due time. NSA leaker Edward Snowden is expected to be granted temporary asylum in Russia later this week, meaning he can finally leave the Moscow airport he's been staying in for over a month. He is supposedly still working towards a more permanent shelter in South America. The programs Snowden helped reveal to the public are used for far more than just tracking cell phone information, according to a Washington Post report. Cell phone data is also becoming invaluable for drone strike targeting. Detroit's bankruptcy case is headed to federal court with the first hearing set for later this week. However, one labor union boss is now criticizing the state-appointed emergency manager for not negotiating with all 33 unions in a coalition representing most of the city's public workers. A federal judge has temporarily blocked North Dakota's new abortion law, which bans abortions after the fetus has a detectable heartbeat, which can be as early as six weeks. The state's only abortion clinic says the law bans the procedure before many women even know that they're pregnant. In world news, a magnitude 6.6 earthquake in China has left at least 54 people dead and hundreds more injured, according to emergency officials. At least eight towns in remote mountainous areas have sustained serious damage. Hundreds of prisoners, including some senior al-Qaeda members, have escaped a prison compound in Afghanistan after a large militant attack. Suicide bombers attacked guard stations while others fired rocket-propelled grenades from the outside. Ten guards were killed during the fighting. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are taking on the topic of fatherhood, being a better dad, 
uh, in honor of Prince William, new father of a son. So, you know, he's going to need the help. And he doesn't even know how much he's going to need the help. But uh, he'll learn. And so we brought on a wonderful expert. Keith Zaffron is joining us. Keith is the founder of The Great Dads Project. He's a fathering expert and a coach. He's a speaker. He's an author. For 30 years, Keith has inspired people from all walks of life to reach their highest potential. He's also been featured on NBC Nightly News, The New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, The Economist. He's getting his message out there, and his message is very simply this. We got to pick up our games. We have the ability to be great dads. So we put together a website called thegreatdadsproject.org. I highly suggest you go check it out. And before the break, Keith was teaching us the power that our the women in our lives can have to actually strengthen us as a father, to empower us to be better dads. Keith, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Matt. So good to have you. So the ver- the first key you were talking about w- with our wives is just trust your men with your children. Exactly. Now, I can hear some of them out there saying, oh, sure, right. He can't even lift the toilet seat up. How am I going <laughs> to trust him with my children? Yeah. They'll be, they'll be alive when you get home. <laughs> they'll be alive. I mean, that's the thing. They'll be alive. And dads bring something different to the equation that the kids need. They, it brings some, it really, it brings some resiliency. It also brings some uh, some emotional management, because dads tend to get those kids heated up quite a bit more than maybe the moms do. Yeah, that's, that's often the case. So the, sec- the second thing I teach women is to make home a place he wants to be. Hmm. To make home a place he wants to be. Uh, you know, why do you think so many men spend so much time at work and not enough with their families and children? I think it comes right back to this... With, idea we were talking about a moment ago that most of us men are starved for affirmation because we didn't get enough from our dads and the easiest place for us to get that is at work right it's what we've trained for it's what we've been educated for most of us love to fix things and there's lots of things that we can fix at work it's hard to fix things at home because most of the problems at home especially with young families uh, are emotional and relational and those things we're not we're not trained to yeah, fix those. those and they're are not hard. very fixable. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we are we tend without even knowing it to get drawn to work because it's where we're getting our affirmation fix. That's true. We get, praise, we get bonuses, we get raises, even just a pat on the back saying good job. You yeah. know? And so if a woman wants to empower her man, saying to him, How come you're not home enough? is actually not going to be helpful. If you can switch that around and make it a positive, if you can affirm him when he does come home, if you can say to him, you know, the kids are so happy when you come through that door, I can't even tell you. Everything changes when you come home. Hmm. I want to say this on the side, even if it's not entirely true. Yeah. You know, the point is to, to cast a little vision, but to to make play home a place where dad is getting affirmed, you're, he's getting that need met. And if you do, he's going to want to spend more time there. Yeah, you know, and, and actually get better at it and notice exactly. what he's getting better at. I mean, and see it. And, yeah, you can't fix something you're not present for. You can't understand if you're never home. So yeah. one, one way you're saying is make the home a place where he fits. 
Exactly, and where he feels like he's desired. Because if I believe that my colleagues at work are happier to see me when I come in yeah. than, my, than my wife particularly, and maybe my children are when I come home, where do you think I'm going to want to spend more time? Right, every time. Huge. Yeah. So trust Huge. him and make a home a place where he wants to be. What's another yeah. rule? A uh, third uh, way that a woman can empower her man to be a great dad is just to praise every effort to nurture. Praise every effort. When you, when you see, uh, you know, little Johnny falls off his bike and skins his knee and Dad runs out there and scoops him up, man, jump all over that and praise it. It's really honestly very similar to what we were just saying, what dads should do for their children. It's giving that affirmation because, again, it, it, the dad is going to want to do more of what he's praised for. Right. But if his wife or his partner can say to him, oh, my goodness, I, I saw you out the window run out and scoop Johnny up and take care of him, and it was so beautiful to see a dad snuggling up his son and taking care of him. Yeah, oh that's, my God. that's, again, it's just we're, and plus it's also kind of reinforcing what you want to see. So, yeah. yeah, when you praise it, you're saying, hey, let's keep seeing more of this. And how good does that feel as a dad? Oh, yeah. Or, or your wife says to you, hey, you know, last night when you tucked Susie in, you kissed her on the forehead and you read a book to her. Oh, my goodness. She talked about that all day today. That's cool. Yeah. How does that dad feel? And what does he want to do tonight? Well, or you, so you're saying that that's better than saying, oh, oh, so yeah, you tucked her in. Good job. What do you want, a medal? You think it's better than that? Okay, I, I agree. Think it, I think it works. <laughs> well, I mean, the point is, it does is work. So many, of, so many of these, the women, they want us to be great dads. Right. And it's easy to criticize us for the things we're not doing right. I mean, those things stand out. Yeah. But it's not an effective strategy. And so I'll often ask women, you know, because they'll say, but he doesn't, there are so many things he doesn't do. And I, I say, I know, I know, I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a dad, I get it. But here's the question. Do you want to be right, or do you want to be happy? Right. That's good. And if you want to be happy, and you want to have a man who's a great dad, here are five simple things that you can do. You know, trust him with your children, make home a place he wants to be, Praise every effort he makes to nurture. And the fourth, very similar to that, is affirm him as a father. Mm. You know, just say things like, oh, honey, you are such a great dad. And I feel lucky to have married a man who gives so much to our children. And our children are blessed beyond belief to have you as their dad. That's hard because in their head, I have a quote that I always use um, that says, you cannot not communicate. So exactly. yeah. they'll, you'll know if she can't, if she's not sincere, you'll know. Um, and if she never says it, you'll know whether you know what she's thinking or you know what she's not thinking. Um, so it's important that we actually say it. And if you can't say everything, then say what you can say. I'm grateful that I have a husband that tries, that comes home and puts the family as an important part of his life. I mean, there, yeah. there's something always you can find. And I'm always encouraging dads with their children and women with their men, bring that praise out just a little bit further than might be real. Great, yeah. Your, then because you're then you're kind of projecting it. You're you're, you're, you're turning it into the potential. 
yeah, yeah, you're, you're actually speaking something into reality. That's powerful. You know, and it, it, we all do that. We do that with our children, but sometimes we forget that men and women, we can do that with each other, too. Yeah. It works. It really works for us men because we are, so many of us, affirmation-starved. Oh, yeah. And when our women praise us instead of criticizing, when our women praise us, oh, my goodness, it makes such an impact. It's powerful. That's so true. So good. What's the fifth one? Uh, the last one I try to share with women is just dream with him about new and creative fathering experiences. You know, a lot of us guys are not super creative when it comes to parenting, partially because we've never done it, and we, we many of us have not had a good model. We've not been trained. We haven't read books. We don't know what to do. We love creative ideas. But when her wife says, hey, why don't you take Scott fishing this weekend? Like, oh, my gosh, what a great idea. Like, how simple. But it, it never occurred to me. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe Susie wants to go horseback riding. Or, hey, have you ever thought about taking the kids to go see, you know, the Follies on Ice or the Circus or whatever? But give your man ideas or creative ways to spend time with your children. It doesn't have to be outside the home. It can be building blocks, you know, or watching a video. But a lot of us just don't know what to do. Right. And if you can feed us ideas without um, maybe us realizing it's your idea or helping us maybe think it's ours, mm -hmm. it, it can be a great way to make us better dads because, well, we love that. You know, when we, when we get a great idea and we can actually do it with our kids, it's really fun. And, and we're succeeding finally. You know, it's... Yes. And then we're starting to exercise energy in it and our future towards it. I mean, this really... It just seems like what we would do normally. Everything, all this advice you're giving for the dads and the moms are things that should just come naturally to us. But yeah. eventually it seems like what happens is that we get a little competitive with each other. Mom's mad that dad's not stepping up. Dad's mad because she's not ever affirming. And then it's almost more a battle of egos than it is yeah. of, of our real yeah. essence of who we are. Yeah, and it's just a team working together. Yeah. It should Wonderful. be a team. Tell me about, um, I mean, one of the keys that also might be another place where we can affirm people is, mm -hmm. is in our own dads. I yes. mean, are we, are we, we all have dads that still need affirmation, that still need to hear that you appreciate them, that you care about them, even more so than a tie. They don't, you yeah. know, ties are great, not to bemoan ties, but at some point it's also <laughs> just to know, hey, you know what, dad, you really made an influence in my life. How do we do yeah. that? You know, I have a great example because I just recently heard from a 40-year-old woman who read my book and took this idea of um, affirmation to heart. And for Father's Day, just passed, she wrote her father this beautiful letter going back over her childhood right on through college hmm. and just specifically named ways, you know, affirmed him for things that he did as a dad that made a huge difference in her life. And on Father's Day, she actually um, traveled. She decided she was going to go visit him, and she sat him down, and she opened the letter and read it to him. Hmm. And I'm getting all choked up just telling you. They bawled and bawled yeah. and bawled, held each other. It was just so beautiful because after all this time, you know, he turned, he's turning 65. Mm -hmm. um, he said to her, you know, I never knew 
if I was a good dad. He said, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I loved you and your brother, and I tried. But he said, it's just incredible to hear this letter that you've written, because all my life I wondered if I was a good dad. Oh, that's <laughs> huge. That? No, that's amazing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not, that's not hard to do. So no. that, that everyone and out there in listening land could go put together a letter like that to their father, to their grandfather, to a, yeah. a person that made a difference in their life. And lest any of your listeners think they might not be able to do that, she was very clear in what she wrote to me, that he was not a perfect father. In fact, I mean, I'll just share this piece because it's anonymous. There was a time where he left. He, he had an affair, left the family, uh, eventually came back, and they've tried to work things out, and, you know, it hasn't been perfectly smooth, and there were other mistakes along. I mean, this was not a one of those perfect yeah. situations. But she was able to look for the good, to look for the positive, like we've been talking about throughout this album. And she named it and affirmed him. And it just was an incredible experience for both of them. That is. And and actually bonding, huh? Oh, yeah, beautifully so. Wow. I mean, really, that's something as as each of us. And it's it's not something we just do on Father's Day. It's something we do. We should do regularly, especially if we want to keep perpetuating more good stuff. I mean, I bet you that father was even a better father after that event, that moment with her reading that, than he had been ever. Because well, I don't know. I haven't really had follow up, and it's only been a month. Yeah, but now he knows. I mean, now you're yeah. knowing. So, okay, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to make this work. Yeah, That's yeah, powerful. Well, I mean, I, that's why I think what you're doing is so needed. It's so, it's so essential. And how can people learn more? I guess they just go to your website, thegreatdadsproject.org? Yeah, you can go to the website. I have some blog posts out there. I've done one blog post about how women can empower their men, some of what we talked about here. And then there's much more in the book that I've written called How to Be a Great Dad, No Matter What Kind of Father You Had. Hmm. So for so many men like myself who didn't have a good relationship with our dads, you know, it's it's hard to give out of a vacuum. Right. I had to learn how to become a great dad. And so I tell my story in the book. I talk about these three core fathering practices of affirmation, acceptance, and affection. And the whole second half of the book is about healing the father wound. You know, for, for those of us who didn't get enough from our dads, how do we do this? How do we heal so that we can become the dads that we wished we had had. That's amazing. Well, and really, um, you've learned that sitting down with these men in prison who you saw that as a key. They had to heal in order yeah. to, to move on. Exactly. And I then learned that it wasn't just guys in prison. You know, this is a universal issue. I'm amazed. I just did a wedding recently. I performed a wedding, and the father of the bride just happened to mention uh, in his post, that I also wrote this book, and he named the book. He had just read the book, uh, and I couldn't believe at a wedding. Mm. I must have had seven or eight different men come up to me after that and just pour out their father stories to me. And these are 30, 40, sometimes 50-year-old men telling me about the pain in their relationship with their father and asking me if my book would help them. Wow, yeah, that's where the healing begins, huh? we gotta, we got to yeah. deal with that. Yeah, it really does. Good so the stuff. book is available at my website right now. It'll be on Amazon later, but it's not up yet. 
So if anyone's interested in the book, it's at thegreatdadsproject.org. And how to be a great dad no matter what kind of father you had. That's right. Good stuff. Keith, so appreciate you. Again, Keith Zaffron's his name, and you got to go to his website, thegreatdadsproject.org. And uh, again, Keith, so enjoy you. We'll have you back again. I love it, Matt. It's a, it's a real pleasure and a privilege to be a part of your show. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Folks, that's it. I mean, when you think about it, dads, it's a big deal. It's a huge role. And uh, nothing probably impacts us more than than success or failure in those roles as parents. This is the Matt Townsend Show, folks. We're going to take a break, come back. We'll do the Internet Asks Matt questions and uh, wrap this show up. This is BYU Radio. Five and a half decades after first being discovered, the Van Allen belts continue to surprise us. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. We've told you before about the Danger Twins, a pair of identical probes launched in 2012 to study the Van Allen radiation belts around the Earth. Those probes had to be specifically designed to survive constantly crossing and mapping these zones of intense particle radiation that were discovered more than 50 years ago on one of America's first satellite missions. Satellites and manned spacecraft avoid these deadly regions while orbiting Earth. Well, within a week of launching and turning on the probe's instruments, they discovered something that will rewrite the books on how the Van Allen belts work. They've revealed a third temporary belt that forms in between the inner and outer belts we already knew about. These belts all formed by solar particles that get deflected and trapped by Earth's magnetic field. Scientists from NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center and the Applied Physics Lab at Johns Hopkins University monitored the new third belt over its four-week lifespan. Figuring out the mechanism of how the sun drives these belts will improve our knowledge of solar physics and the effects of space weather on Earth and near-Earth space operations. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about fathers, the importance of fathers. I'm telling you, when my I just had a son leave for two years. He's going to be an LDS missionary wearing one of those white shirts and those little black badges that you see all over the world. Uh, just a little missionary. And he left, and you don't realize till they're gone, like, wow, I hope I hope I helped him because he's in trouble because he's going to Mexico for two years. He better keep his hygiene up. He better do this. He better do this. So it makes a difference. Now, what we're going to do is our favorite little segment here on the show called what? The Internet Asks and Matt Answers. (laughs) It's not exactly Rod Roddy there. But that was good. That was like people are enjoying that. Now, what's your first question? Comes from a 25-year-old woman who uh, whose father is a self-made millionaire, wow. multi, multi, multi millionaire. Loaded, and so he's. You know, you can make more money in one wedding than you can earn in a lifetime. That's what somebody told me. Anyway, keep going. So she's used to a life of luxury, luxury. having grown up that way. Uh, so she she went to college for a couple of years, dropped out for the most part. Make six figures working for her dad's business. Hmm. Answer company phone, company car, company car insurance, gas, 
And the kind of income where she could buy her own place. Right. You know, that's pretty nice. The problem is, dad's this dad's kind of a dirtbag. Oh boy, not faithful to not a great yeah, not, not a great fa- role model. Not faithful to her mother. He might be into drugs a little bit. Oh no, not, okay. not, a, not a good lifestyle. But she's beholden to the dad. Yeah, so she's she's finally gotten tired of kind of the disrespect she's seen happen to her mother, and she she, she wants out. I'm but, out. I'm out of here. The problem is. She lives this luxurious life, but it comes at a price, you know, yeah. because if she bails, he'll probably take everything away. Yeah. The job and the car and the ability. And so she has some school debt. She has mortgage debt. She has some credit card debt. And while she's able to pay that down now, yeah. when you live that lifestyle, you tend to get more. And so If she decides to just leave it all behind to become a self-made woman and kind of – send a message to her father that she doesn't support the way he's been living his life, she would basically crash on all our loans. Her credit wow. would be destroyed. She'd have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? <sighs> Check this out. So you can't... She's dependent. Yeah. So she's dependent on someone she doesn't trust. And when you're dependent on someone you don't trust, you are going to stress. Long-term relationships demand that you be independent. Doesn't mean that you should be a jerk and independent, but this woman needs – she doesn't trust her dad because he's kind of a dirtbag. But she also doesn't trust herself because she she knows she's probably living an income that she can't afford. A, B, she couldn't go get again. She's not necessarily got the skills or the tools, it sounds like, to maybe make it work. And she's also in debt. The woman is trapped. What do you do? Um, I guess she's got to decide. Would she rather be trapped and not uh, have anything? I mean, free and not have any uh, income or skills or tools? Or would she rather be trapped and have everything? It's a huge decision. I personally would try to split the difference. I'd start moving towards getting a career that she can actually afford, lowering her standard of living, maybe getting real with her dad and just talk about how frustrated she is with him. Now, Honestly, she may lose everything, but the reality is, is what do you have when you're finally living and showing loyalty to your dad that you don't respect and you're living a life that you couldn't live? If the dad lost everything tomorrow, what would she have? If everything went away, dad died, money gone, she'd have a job she can't do because she's not probably top of her game there. So. In the end, I think the longer she waits, the I think the the, the more stressed she's going to be. I think her problem, honestly, isn't her father. I think her problem is she's probably mad at herself that she's now indebted to somebody she doesn't trust. So, personally, I'd uh, I'd get my game on. I'd go get a better job. I'd go get a better, I mean, a, not a better job. I'd go get skilled for the job that I want. I'd probably start cutting back on my debt. Doesn't mean I'd leave my dad right now. But I might go try to also have a heads-up conversation. Dad, this isn't working. I don't like how you treat mom. I don't like what I'm becoming. I, I think – by the way, this would never work in nature. You know what I mean? Gazelles are going to either get killed or they're going to be able to su- support themselves. And This would also never work in Bryce's Darwinism dad <laughs> no, scenario. No, it wouldn't. Dar- yeah. Darwin, the dad would have been dead by now because he would have caught all, all the diseases. He would have been in trouble, been arrested. Okay, that's it. That's a hard one. I don't. Uh, that's a half angel wing right there. Want to go the other to the one? story of some two newlyweds? 
One newlywed couple, two people. Okay. Um, they've been married for two months, so they're building their life together. Yes. When uh, the wife gets a phone call from her dad. Uh-oh. Hey, I just lost my job, and uh, you know I'm looking for another one, but I, I'm kicked out of my place. Can I come crash on your couch just for a little while until I get another job? And, uh, you know, just I get back on my feet. So she wants to help her dad out. Yeah. A little concerned about his income, but ultimately she wants to be there for her dad. Husband. He's not liking He that. starts asking around her siblings and they say, oh, don't do it. He's going to crash for, for good. He's got a gambling problem. Really? This is. And then on top of it, he's thinking the, the pressure of. They've got their little tiny place and then having, you know, only been married two yeah. months and then have the uh, father-in-law yeah. living there. So he's, he sat down to talk with her about it and kind of said, no, I don't really want to do this. And she said, well, fine. You, you make the decision. I'll support whatever you want to do. Hmm. And he's saying, oh, great. So they're well, now fighting. I'm a bad – That's the I whole – No, do. I don't care where we go to eat. Yeah. You pick the restaurant. Yeah, and then, oh, oh, you want to go eat sushi? No. But it better be a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's – Notice deadbeat dad number two here. But um, one of the things I guess I'd be watching out for, most divorces take place in the first year. Oh, What would this dad have done uh, 61 days ago? Before they were married, 61 days ago, he wouldn't be asking her to move in. He would have gone and done something else. So I personally, I wouldn't mess with it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring him in. But, the, but by not – his wife wants to help her dad yeah, help out. Then throw by, money by, at by, it. by saying no to his wife, that could lead to divorce too. Well, by the way, so check this out. We never let the most uh, relationally dysfunctional lead the show. So this dad's messed up. I would, I mean, I would probably, I'd try to help him. Dad, we'd love to help you. Here's what we're going to do. All of us, all the siblings are going to put some money in and we're going to get you a hotel for a month. So now you have a place to land. Now you need to go out and get your job and your career going. If I were the son or the the in-law that's dealing with the daughter that loves her dad, I would do everything I can to brainstorm a million ideas other than having him move in. Moving oh. in is the fastest way to kill the deal, especially because historically first year is the hardest and nothing's worse than having a, a deadbeat parent glomming on. So um, – you know, it's not that we don't love you, parents. And these were just two examples of bad dads on the day. We're trying to teach you how to be a better dad. But one of the keys may be, folks, you know what? We all need to grow up. We all need to become more independent. We all need to get better at what we do. So dads out there, we love you. You are uh, an important part of our lives. Please pick up your game. Learn what you can. Moms, let's be more supportive of them as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools and ideas for you right here on BYU Radio.